0: You, 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 you welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast, number one podcast in Oakland, number one podcast in the Bay Area. Tonight we have our first, we've had uh creators on the show before, but tonight we have our first supermodel, I believe. <laughs> She's up and coming on the rise, Sydney foreign, foreign, I Forn. Foreigner hmm Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: How was your night tonight?
1: It's been good. Um, I've been with my family all day. I was uh, just saying my cousin just moved back to America from Turkey and she's in the Bay Area for a couple of days and we've just been hanging out. I haven't seen her in like five years in person so it's been really nice catching up and just uh, you know having fun with your cousins and it's always a good time with her. She's very exciting. She's a belly dancer and a yoga instructor, so mm. very lively energy, and she is just a lot of fun. So we've been we've been hanging out all day.
0: Do you have a big cool. family?
1: I have a huge family, very big, um, on both sides of my family. There's a lot of people, so I call it my big, crazy, Creole family. Um, there's a lot of us. We're all really close. We all like to hang out together. We eat, we drink, and... Just let the good times roll.
0: That's what that means? Yes. <laughs> yes, it
1: does. We so, live by that. Yeah? Yeah.
0: So when you say big family, how big is You got like a shit ton of siblings?
1: I have four sisters, all girls. My dad is an identical twin, and his he has two boys. And then I have four sisters, so we all are already really close. And then my dad's siblings... There's more kids. And my mom's siblings, there's more kids. And so even at like Christmases and Thanksgivings, it's always at least 20 people. And that's immediate family. So, you know, we definitely are a big bunch, very loving. We love to be around each other. We love to have fun together. And it's actually such a blessing because um, a lot of people, you know, don't have family that they can actually hang out with and enjoy being around them. So having that is just really great yeah oh i have a low voice sorry guys to fix the microphone all
0: right uh so you have it's all girls mm-hmm. so how was that like growing up
1: uh you know they'd still we'd sell each other's clothes um i'd come home from school my sister has gone through my whole closet and and it's like, why are you mad? I'm like, because you just invaded my privacy. I know, but it's, it's having all girls. has definitely taught me how to very much so keep sisterhood in the forefront of my friendships. Um, just, sorry, even, even just interacting with people, men or women, it's just, I have a very empathic way of dealing with people where I'm just very sensitive to Just people's lives, because having girls around, we're always very, like, um, very honest with each other. We're very, like, feminine, but sensitive, but still look out for each other in the most just upfront ways. And just, you know, growing up in Oakland, though, it's been, you had to, like, you know, be soft and hard at the same time and know when to bring those parts out of you and when to not bring those parts out of you, so... I know my dad definitely instilled a lot of good qualities in us where we definitely been looking out for each other, but still being like, don't fuck with me. But, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I love having my sisters. We're all really good friends. We share clothes. We share everything. So, you know, they're like built in friends.
0: So when you were growing up, both your parents uh, were together still?
1: No, actually, my parents have been separated since I was about two. Um, but they've always made sure that we don't necessarily feel a divide. They've always worked together, even if they didn't want to for our betterment. And I do appreciate that because I know like, you know, it could have been the other way around where they just didn't do anything together. I didn't even try. And the fact that they did, it's very, I'm just lucky. So Mm. I do appreciate that. You have to put a lot of things aside and I can understand that now. Um, being a single mother, I get the, it, I can kind of see it in a different way now. And like, kind of like what they were doing for us and how much that probably was not super enjoyable, but they still thugged it out for the betterment of us. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Are you the only sibling with a child?
1: Um. No. So my oldest sister has three kids, mm. a boy and two girls. And, um, Just, you know, seeing her starting out with motherhood was eye-opening, and I was, like, realizing how much—I thought I was going to be, like, the cool aunt with no kids and just, like— hanging out with them, but, like, just kind of seeing how she changed as a person and so much in a positive way, it made me less intimidated to be a parent, and, like, this is possible. Like, I'm seeing it firsthand, and I love these kids so much, like, my own, and I'm like, you know, this may may not be that bad, and that's scary, because untried territory is always, like, intimidating, but being an aunt and then having a child, it's, um, It made the transition a little bit more realistic and a little bit easier. Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: So you said you're a uh, single parent. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that wasn't planned.
1: No, it wasn't. (laughs) Definitely not.
0: So how does it, uh, how do you feel about, uh, like, what are some of the hard things that you go through being a single parent?
1: Co-parenting, um, well, at first it was definitely hard to navigate because it wasn't planned and just dealing with my own emotions from it, but then still trying to be a present parent and make sure that we do what's best for our child. Mm-hmm. It's, it brought up a lot of emotions that I really not wasn't really completely ready for, but you know, it's life. You just have to just thug it out. Um, but co-parenting now is, is after like, you know, he's going to be six in two days. So it's been a while and it's been, it's been a journey now. I think it's, it's a lot easier because we've kind of set schedules and like ways to deal with each other and mm-hmm. just putting the betterment of our child in the forefront. And that being the most important thing that we even talk about It's just, what we can do best and we're both very willing to do what's best for our child for for now and in the future so it's been like i said it's definitely been a journey but um a learning experience and it just kind of gets better as the years go on and why a did you bit guys easier. break up um it's just after we were together for about five or six years and then having a child things change and you're not really paying attention to your relationship as much, as much as you're worrying about your child. And it just didn't pan out the way that we wanted to. We weren't really getting along after a minute, after seeing like real life things and not being able to just focus on ourselves, but another, you know, person as well. And so I just think that we just kind of maybe grew apart in a way But he's still a very good friend of mine. I still have a lot of love for him. And I'm better off by myself (laughs) (laughs) because it was just a little bit of a stressful environment. And I'd rather raise my child being a happy mom and a present mother instead of being upset or just stressed out. Like, Mm. it's better for me this way. And it was hard at first, but you know after you go through it for a couple years it it gets easier and easier
0: so a lot of uh relationships fall apart after they have a child
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: do you think having the child is the reason most relationships f- fail that because everything was all good before the child then when it's the child comes shit. everyone's like oh now we're fighting we're not getting yeah. along and shit like that so, is the child the reason all of these women are out here as single mothers?
1: I think that we just kind of we get more realistic, we get more serious, and we get more like focused on our child and being more like more mature and really just trying to get things done as opposed to. I think that men, no offense, don't mature as quickly as women. and when you have a child, you just kind of snap into the mode, like, okay, I got to get this, this, and this done. Mm-hmm. And then your partner's like, well, I want to go out and have fun. I'm like, but that's not what we need to be prioritizing right now. And then kind of like getting them to be on the same page as you can be um problematic because they'll resist it a little bit. And that causes resentment that causes issues in your relationship and you're still trying to take care of a child. Mm-hmm. So it just, other problems arise and because the mom's like just so into the mode of being a mother and not so much in the mode of being a partner first just the mother it's i think that, so you start
0: you start to neglect
1: well, the man not even so much neglect because it's just different you know they the attention has to be split and they're used to all your attention mm-hmm. and then because even before we had our child he was when I was pregnant, he was scared. He's like, you're going to like, just not pay attention to me anymore. Like it's going to be all about the baby. I'm like, you don't know that. I don't know that. We're not even there yet. Let's just keep it rocking figure it out. But, um, it, it, it's different from, I'm sure like it was different from what he was used to of my energy and my focus, because, you know, I was breastfeeding for a year. I'm not able to like be out and do all these events and things we used to do. And, um, it just, you know, I had to split my time more and I don't think that it was received well,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: I was still prioritizing my child and still prioritizing my family unit too. But I think also the pressure of being a new father can be a little um, kind of like just sobering and a little bit of a slap in the face because um, you can't do life how you used to. You can't just be out all night and then like, I'd be like, you know, I need some help at home. He wants to be out with his friends and I understand that, but
0: well, I, don't think having, that's, yeah. I don't think that's pressure. Like. That ain't shit compared no, to what the mother has to do.
1: I agree. And see I see it differently and but I can't I can't uh you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. So. Do you
0: make excuses for
1: him? No. Mm. I do not. I do not, definitely not. Okay. But you know. Why
0: somebody. do you why, why do you think uh when it when two people break up right and they have a child why do you think uh the woman always gets custody of the child
1: i also think it does have a lot to do with the um the american system i don't think all the time these fathers are bad i do think that there is a bias because um i don't know i I do think Sometimes dad gets the short end of the stick in this country. You know, the paternity leave situation, the like trying to like have to fit in the role of being the provider instead of the nurturer. What if, you know, they want to be more of a nurturer? Like you just, I, I think that, you know, it could be that that some dads don't know what to do and they're a little bit lost in the their new role, but it also has to do a lot with the pressures of, our society with gender roles and like what is expected of a father and a mother and not knowing how to really place yourself. So, I mean, I'm not going to say that like, I'm not excusing every man or every woman for what they do and how they parent. But I do think that there's a lot of pressure from our society to be a certain way. And if you don't fit that role, there could be like repercussions and, a lot of women are also bitter about their relationship not working and wanting a situation so bad and it didn't turn out that way so they get vengeful and they want to like take their child's father to court and do all this stuff and it's really not about the kid it's more so about them but I've always been very emotionally intelligent where I'm like okay it's not about me it's about our child and we're going to like just keep that prioritized because our our shit is is second tier to this child who didn't ask to be here Mm -hmm. so we've always agreed that we put him first and take our problems out of it to make sure that he's okay and has a healthy life and a healthy future
0: when do you think is a good time um to introduce a man that you're dating to your child
1: i'd say at least six months to a year People don't really show their true colors. Like there's a honeymoon phase. And I think it's, I think it's important to make sure that you're comfortable with that person and that they're comfortable with the fact that you have a child and it's not theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that taking your time is always a good idea. I don't think you should ever rush into introducing your child to a partner because mm. you don't know where it's going to go. You know, you don't really know if that person's going to be permanent or, you know, reasons and seasons, people in your life. And I just think that it's always a safer move to just be patient and until you're comfortable. Like if you're comfortable with within like two weeks or to two years, like whatever you're comfortable with and whatever makes sense for you and your child and like your unit, then it's it's all relative. But I do think that like waiting is is never a bad idea
0: mm.
1: there's no rush you know what do you,
0: what do you feel about um <clears throat> let's say you're dating a man right what do you feel about your new boyfriend disciplining your son mm. and when i say discipline i mean like giving him a spanking yeah. he's like going crazy it's a good and stuff.
1: question i don't know if i like that um you would definitely have to be like a very long relationship and they'd have to have like some rapport Uh, before I'm okay with that. But I feel like that definitely needs to be on me. Like, you know, you can say what you want, give me your feedback and I can relay it, but I have not been put in that situation before. So I really uh, don't know how I would respond to it. I don't think I'd be okay with it. I really don't. Cause I would, I just, I would probably be upset, honestly.
0: Okay all right so you um you grew up in oakland or or new orleans
1: i grew up in oakland i visited new orleans a lot as a child um i lived there after high school i went to xavier university for biology pre-med and after school i moved to los angeles but i always have gone back to new orleans at least once or twice a year usually twice a year Mm -hmm. um I still have a lot of family out there. My mom's family is from New Orleans, and my dad's family is from Lake Charles.
0: Wait, 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 wait. You're, you're moving too fast.
1: So, <laughs> so, I have both sides of my family are from Louisiana.
0: So, what, why, when you finished high school, what year did you finish high school? 2008. And was Xavier, like, the main college you wanted to go to?
1: I only applied to HBCUs. I felt like it was important for me to be in an all black institution, um, I really wanted to. I've had like my great grandparents, my grandparents had gone to black schools as well. And I do think that I just wanted to be around my people and just be comfortable and not have to like worry about trying to fit into different groups or like assimilate. I just wanted to just be comfortable Mm. and not have to like code switch or whatever. I just wanted to be understood. I'm already going to a new experience, a new chapter in my life. I didn't want to have to like, I don't know, like worry about like not fitting in or like being like the, you know, like the sticking out like a sore thumb, you know?
0: Xavier is not an HBCU, is it? It
1: is an HBCU actually.
0: Xavier University?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know that. Yeah, it's also, it's a private Catholic HBCU. So they were really strict. We Mm. had curfews. We had a very strict like it, it they had a lot of rules. So I never like partied at my school because we didn't really have that. Yeah,
0: like, I know like B uh BYU is kinda like the like Was the it? uh the college, Bremen Young University. Where is that? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like some uh it's like some mormon catholics mormon i don't know if it's mormon but it's like re- it's a religious school okay and the athletes uh it's a big school it's like a big d1 school they're like known for sports and shit but they're okay. a real religious school and the athletes are not allowed to like have sex with anyone oh, and shit wow. like that so that's how strict they are
1: Xavier wasn't that strict but it was pretty pretty strict they they ran a tight ship
0: so were you under? did you know about that before you went there
1: uh i did because my my mom's sister my aunt went to xavier as well Mm. um so i knew quite a bit about it um she graduated when i was very young but um you know she she gave me some pointers and you know let me know what i was getting into a little bit you really don't know until you get there and start Mm. you know getting into things but
0: were you when you were growing up were you like sheltered and shit
1: sheltered
0: like were you allowed to date or were you yeah, getting no, in trouble and all that, that stuff?
1: sheltered i i was kind of a party kid i went to skyline here in oakland um i was out like every weekend i was at house parties <laughs> like i was at like city nights in San Francisco, dancing in cages. I was kind of a wild child, like sneaking out and were stuff. You, so.
0: <laughs> were you one of those like teenage girls who were like fucking with grown ass men? No,
1: no, no, never that. Always people my age, but I never, my rule for myself was I never dated people I went to school with. Mm. Um, so I had like friends from other schools in the Bay Area, like in San Francisco and like Berkeley, Mm. Even, like, dating anybody from Oakland, I tried to definitely avoid that because I'm super private, and I also, like, I don't want to see you if I don't want to, like, ha- I don't want to have to see you. I don't want to go to school, and you're there. I, like, don't want that to be, like, super, like, forced. If I want to see you, we can plan it, but mm. I don't want to have to go to school and, like, see you in the hallways and stuff, and, like, what if things go bad? People are in your business. I was, like, my rule for myself was, like, never date anybody you go to school with, so...
0: Did you change in any way when you transitioned from high school to college?
1: Um, yes, I definitely matured more. Um I revved I revved up. I definitely partied more in college than even I did in high school. Like I mean, I was in New Orleans, so you it was a lot of fun, a lot of parties because there's like three or four colleges in New Orleans yeah. just right there so there was always something to do um and I definitely took advantage of that for Mm -hmm. sure so I had a lot of fun a lot of fun
0: did any of your parting put you in bad situations
1: um not really. And like, I was really blessed. Did you, really did you blessed like black
0: out and wake up next to someone like, oh, how the no, fuck did I get? No.
1: I was very blessed to meet really great people that I'm still friends with. Mm. And the fact that I have my family there. Um, I have a cousin that I'm like the closest with. She's about, she's about five years older than me. And she, if I needed anything, like I could call her at like three in the morning. She wouldn't like tell my parents. She'd be like, okay, let's just figure it out. Like give me rides. I do laundry at their house. we go for, you know, Sunday dinners and things like that. So I had a good situation, but I was still pretty responsible with myself. I didn't ever get blacked out um, because also I had a history of kind of like being a little bit more wild as a teenager. So I knew what could happen and being in another city without my parents. um, I definitely tried to stay a little bit in check you know, still having fun and all of that. But I definitely made sure that I was okay.
0: What are some of the uh, positives for going to HBCU? And what are some negatives?
1: I think, well, starting with positives, I think it's good to be around people that you don't have to like, you don't have to like edit who you are. You can be who you are and not have to like, worry about explaining certain things or I don't know, like decoding mannerisms or whatever. I just, I think it's just nice to be around people that you're used to and not feeling like an oddball. I think it does break down a lot of like filters. You are like hoops. You would have to jump through in a different situation. You're they're not there. So I think that's really good. And just being like around like the, like the Greek culture, but for, I never pledged. I was very much so bombarded by the AKAs all the time to pledge, Mm -hmm. but I never did it. Um, Why didn't you? I just felt like I didn't want to be a carbon copy of like these people. And I come from a, like a family that did, there's a lot of like Kappas and Deltas and AKAs in my family, and I just, like, my mom did the cotillion, My all my aunts, my cousins. I was the first one that, like, my sister and I were like, no, we're not doing it. We don't really want to keep that, like, elitist kind of, like, history going. We just want to, like, be ourselves and not feel like we need to be a certain, like, mold of what you want us to be. Um, But it was cool to be around, like, stepping and, like, seeing, like, how... How they do it, other like you see like movies and people rushing like in predominantly white colleges, but like in a HBCU, it's it's more lively, it's more fun, it's just it's exciting. Mm. Even though I wasn't a part of it, I was mm. still a part of it. So it's just exciting to see that and be around it.
0: So the so the positives was positives. Just, <laughs> was just to be around people like you.
1: Yeah, and just that, that was it. Like, well, also just knowing that you're.
0: What about the schooling? Like
1: the schooling, it, it's. I feel like because we have to prove so much in being black in America. Like you have to be like ten times better at something or like ten times stronger at it. Mm. And Xavier didn't play. They had a very strict like academics, and they expected you to be you know, top tier because that's what you, we had to prove to this country that like we are like, we're, you know, can excel in academics. We can excel in all these different fields and not, not skimping and also just being proud of the fact that we are black people in, in a space of education. And like, we have something, unfortunately it feels like we all have something to prove, but they made sure that we were definitely getting a top tier education and they didn't skimp on any of that. So I do appreciate that. I feel like the negatives might be, well, I went to a smaller school and we didn't have as much of a social kind of life. They were just so focused on the academics and being like the best in that, that they kind of didn't really, um, didn't really like put much on like the social life for our school, specifically for Xavier. I can't really speak on other schools, but. So mm-hmm. um, Hampton
0: University, they they be party.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, I don't know. I feel like I don't know if there's many negatives that I would. I I personally want my child to go to HBCU, so I can't really think of too many negatives. Mm. Um. I think it's a good experience for young black kids in America to, to, to be at HBCU and have a higher learning in a space where you feel comfortable and you see people that look like you and have the similar backgrounds and family structures that you do. So it doesn't seem like you need to prove anything. You can just be yourself.
0: So what did you major in biology and what made you get into that?
1: Um, I have a big medical family. I feel like it was kind of pushed on me a little bit. I'd already been around a lot of, um, just a lot of people in their studies growing up, especially my aunt, my mom's youngest sister. She was in medical school for a lot of my childhood. My grandfather was a doctor. My great grandfather was a doctor. So it felt like it was kind of expected of me. Um, I enjoyed it, but I felt like I was more, of an artist and the the kind of like right brain stuff was not as natural for me like I was good at it
0: mm. but
1: it felt I had to like really give myself a lot of pep talks and stuff to like even just like stay focused It just wasn't keeping my attention as much as I wanted it to but I do I do enjoy biology and I do enjoy like learning about cells and chemistry and how things come to life. Um I do have a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of information about that and a lot of background, but I just couldn't see myself doing that for the rest of my life. I didn't, it seemed very clinical to me and not so creative. And I couldn't do, it just seemed, yeah, just like one lane. And I've always felt like I'm like, 50 different lanes mm. and like windy streets and like hikes and all this stuff. And it's just like, you're just in this one lane and I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. I'm like, this is just not as you learn yourself, as you get older, then you kind of see like what you, who you are as a person and like what you want to do, and where you want to spend your time. And I just wouldn't want to spend 24 to to 72 hours in a hospital.
0: Do you feel like you wasted no. Uh, your time no. instead of like studying art?
1: Um, I don't feel like I wasted my time. I feel like I wish that like our country was a little, or just our society like put more emphasis on getting to know who you are as a young person mm-hmm. instead of just like, okay, you're out of high school, pick a, pick a major, go to school, be there for four years, yeah. pay your loans off, do this career, And what time is left to actually know yourself and to like get to know who you are growing into.
0: That's why you should go to city college first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not a bad idea. It's not get your general education and as you're learning who you are. And you know, that I think is a great idea as opposed to just like jumping in head first to something that you have no idea about. It's, It's a little intimidating, but I do, you know, I think that we should be, getting to know who we are more before we pick such a permanent thing for our lives. Because we change, you know, your twenties, you do so much from like eighteen to to thirty. You're mm-hmm. like a million different people. And I feel like you when you turn thirty, you're kind of applying all the lessons you've learned, all the things you've been through, it all starts making sense and starts clicking and like falling into place. But
0: when did you realize okay now i know myself
1: honestly maybe like this
0: is the woman that i am when did you realize that um, did you realize in college or after you graduated
1: after definitely after so while you were while
0: you were in college you were still trying to find yourself
1: yeah of course you know testing waters um putting myself in different situations and seeing how i'd be and Mm -hmm. how i'd react or how i'd resolve it um it was all like a big classroom for me. Life was a big classroom. And
0: like give me give me some examples of what ways you were confused about. Mm.
1: I don't know. Like
0: like I know we already talked about like career-wise cuz you were studying this but you wasn't really into it. But what are what are like some other reasons?
1: I knew I didn't want to be in anything <laughs> that was just like structured. I didn't like structure. I noticed I, I learned that I didn't like structure and I didn't like authority. So I needed You're to make a re- sure re- rebel rebel <laughs> a, yeah. a little bit. And and I'd realized that it really hadn't changed since I was a child. I needed to be more true to my inner child really instead of like thinking that I need to do this or this or this. I'm like what actually moves you? What drives you and just being honest with myself. I learned to trust myself a lot more and use my discernment for like, if I'm feeling like it's right, then it's right. If I'm feeling like it's wrong, then it's not for me. Um, But as opposed to forcing myself to be in certain situations or environments that will actually, I'll say, I learned how to stop appeasing my family and to make myself happy. Mm. You know, and getting over that, like people being disappointed with you and wanting you to do a certain thing or be a certain way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: After I got over that, I felt a lot more empowered. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, oh, just not good. giving a fuck as much. Just <laughs> if you don't give fucks, like you can't be controlled.
0: All right. So when you finished college, what year did you finish college? Um,
1: 2012.
0: And what was your next move after that?
1: I moved to L.A.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and For what reason? I wanted to be back in California, but I didn't want to be in the Bay Area where I was close to my parents. Mm-hmm. I had a taste of being on my own and having independence. And I was like, if I move back to Oakland after school, I don't want to fall back into being dependent on my family. I just want to like just keep it going. Like I don't want to have to stop and then reassess and then like, I don't know. I just wanted to keep it going, keep the ball rolling. So I moved to LA and I got into, I've always been doing photography. I did, I started when I was 13 with film cameras developing and all of it in dark rooms. Mm-hmm. And so I started with, um, just film and then I started doing digital in New Orleans just for fun. And then when I moved to LA, I, um, I did it a little bit more. I worked at a sh- I, I met some, uh, I went, I met a girl. She's actually, a, she was a model, but she had a showroom and we just, we met at some like party and we like hit it off. And she was like, I want you to come work for me. I was like, really? Like, that sounds awesome. I'd never been like in fashion and stuff. So I was like, she just saw something in me that I hadn't even recognized in myself yet. So I started doing sales wrapping for her um, in the showroom. We worked with actually Michael Costello a lot. He was across the hall from us. So we were always doing things together. I did trade shows. Um, I did all the photography for the showroom as well. I did all the styling and then sometimes even the makeup. Um, I was booking models on my own. So I had a lot of creative control. I leveled up to being the manager of the showroom so i had interns under me so i was delegating tasks i was doing pr i was doing a lot of things and so when
0: so when you graduated you you didn't uh try to get a job in your uh i did your major no no so you already you already knew like i'm not i'm not even gonna try it just yeah
1: i mean it's something to fall back on but it's It's not, it's just, I was like, I wanna try things, like while I'm young, while I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't have anything to worry about but myself, I just wanna like go for things that move me. Mm -hmm. And I really found myself in, I was also working at a boutique in New Orleans and I started doing a lot of their visuals for all of the like, we had two boutiques in the French Quarter. And I did a lot of the visuals for bro- for like both stores and the window displays and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was booking personal styling sessions and uh, pulling racks of outfits from jewelry to shoes to you know everything. And it was two hundred and fifty dollars, just a set price. And whatever they bought after that was also I got the commission for that too. So. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good at this. You know, this is, I was also doing modeling for the actual boutique. So when we'd get new products, they'd actually shoot me in the new products. I'm like, okay, so I can do that too. That's cool. So when I got to LA, I kind of like put all that stuff into practice and I really excelled in it. And I started doing, I actually was, um, in LA weekly for my styling and my photography for a group, a music group out there. Um, and I did. I've, I've styled for um, a few things. A really cool one that I did was I. I interviewed Issa Rae. Well, I styled for the interview for Issa Rae, um, and I set designed <laughs> for it too. You so, styled Issa Rae. I styled the people that were interviewing her, uh, and I set designed the the space that they were interviewing her okay. in. So. Like, I got to go to... Did you get to go to the interview? Yeah, I was there. So, -hmm. you met Issa Yeah. She actually... Her brother is the reason why I have a child right now, actually. So, her brother is... They're Senegalese. And so, they speak French. I met him at a party when I first moved to LA. And Mm -hmm. um, we were just talking back and forth in French. And we got really cool. I got really cool with his other friends and they invited us to another party, me and my cousin actually. And that's where I met my son's father. We like hit it off that night and you know, we were just homies at first.
0: I was about to say you, your baby daddy's Issa Ray's relative or some shit. No, that's what friends, I thought you though. were going to do. They're <laughs> friends.
1: Um, he was in a group called fly guys and she actually, um, Her, him, her brother, and another friend of theirs were in a group of trio. They were called Fly Guys in LA. Mm. And their studio was actually at Issa Rae's dad's doctor's office in Inglewood. So we were there a lot. I used to shoot them for like all of their events and stuff, their album covers. I did art for them. I made stencils for them, like all kinds of stuff. So he, yeah, he introduced me to my son's father, her little brother.
0: Do you like uh, LA more than uh, Ogba?
1: No, I don't. I do not. Um, I just feel like I had a I had a good time there, but I, rea- I realized how much they were just- Fake? Surface, very surface, very fake, very facade- I remember being at the Roxbury for the first time I'd ever been there. They're not even open anymore. And they pulled my friend and I out of line and just let us ride in. And I had been in line with these two girls. They were so cool. They never got in. And they were like, why didn't we get in? They were like, you just, you guys didn't look the part. I was like, that's so shitty. But I realized they just were like wearing jeans. They weren't overweight. They just weren't... They weren't like in, I feel like what they were looking for, what they wanted the club to look like. They were, were, just were
0: you like, shocked by that?
1: I was a little shocked. I was like, that's, that's kind of <laughs> fucked up and very super You should have known
0: that. That's that, That's, I, you know, you that's don't, how Miami you is. You don't want
1: to think that the world's like that, but you know, after you get treated a certain way for looking a certain way and somebody gets treated differently, it's eye opening. I was like, oh, wow. This is how it is here. Like, if you're popular, Everything's good. If you're not, you don't get any kind of. Attention. Well,
0: you're trying to, uh, you're trying to uh, make a name for yourself in that realm. At of, that time, I didn't know really shit. what
1: I was doing. I was just kind of like coasting, like whatever came came for me. But what
0: I'm saying, you 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 do fashion, you do styling, and all that shit. So you you're in a field where everything is judged on your looks. super that su- superficial stuff.
1: Yeah. So,
0: so if you despise that, then I why be in so that? I do
1: much despise it as I can decode it and understand. It's not, there's, there's a layer of it that I am not in love with, but I understand what it is. And I can kind of move, move in it if I, I don't know. I just feel like, yes, there is superficialness, but I feel like being, doing what I'm doing here in like the Bay Area, it's, it's more authentic. I don't have to be so rigorous and like judgy, like, and also times are changing. Like models are not just double zero anymore. Like if you look at Fenty and her and Brianna's advertisement, there's all sizes and colors and all kinds of people. And I love how that's how we're moving into that. I feel like it's a lot more accepting. People can kind of like Branch out more and be and do what the, like, if they want to be in fashion and they're like a 2X, they, they can. If they're in a wheelchair, you can still be a model. Like, and I love that people are feeling more just accepted for who they are as opposed to, like, when I was starting out, like, you know, being told that I can't book this model because she, her hair's too kinky. And I would, I thought, I'm like, she's beautiful to me. Like, I want to book her. They're like, she doesn't, she's not going to sell. Mm. And just having to hear that like it was hard to swallow, but i I still had to like have you know just just keep my personal feelings about it kind of on the back burner and do what they felt was right and it just it wasn't always something I agreed with, but it was a business
0: do you think you're career uh, will take off more? I mean, basically what you're trying to do, do you think you can est- you can uh, establish yourself faster in the Bay Area or faster if you were living in L.A.?
1: I definitely feel like if I was living in L.A. still it would be there'd be more of a momentum mm-hmm. um, but for me, I have to balance having a child and having a more stable life for him. Um, cause if I was living in LA, I would be very busy. I would be, I, I really do prioritize being a mother in this time of my life. Like since I've had my child first and I think it's important to be present and to have work and all that stuff be, after being a mom, like I'm a mom first Mm -hmm. and you know, if I didn't have a child, I would have already moved back to LA and like done this stuff. And you know, just probably been in a different realm, but I do feel it's important. Yes. To be a present mother and to be there first for your child. And then whatever you want to do after that is is after that. So
0: Um, are you, I see a ring. Are you married?
1: No, actually I bought this ring for myself. For my birthday and I am to myself.
0: Oh. It's actually
1: a lab created diamond. So i I'm very like I don't want I'm like I don't I'm very big on energy. I don't want any blood diamonds. I don't want anything that like has to be excavated out of the earth in a violent way and it hurts other people. I'm not in support of that. Even like when I do if if and when I do ever get married, I would like to have some kind of like stone or something that I actually pull from the earth myself and then get made into a ring Mm -hmm. because I just I feel like starting a marriage with a blood diamond is kind of bad juju in my opinion I don't want that so
0: does your family practice voodoo
1: I get that question a lot um so voodoo is very much so demonized in this culture yes
0: i mean voodoo is a is a religion in africa it's a
1: religion exactly um and a lot of people don't understand it so Mm -hmm. i get that question more than you think and yes we do it is part of our lifestyle um where we do do certain rituals or have more knowledge of like the orishas and stuff and we I have altars. My whole family—we all have like altars in our homes for our ancestors and like certain orishas that like we feel more, you know, close with, um, or all of them. Mm. But it's something that I never like to talk about when I was younger because. I felt like people were going to think I was some kind of like weirdo, like, or just some kind of like witch. I'm like, no, it's just our culture and it's like, it's a way of life as well. Um, but it never seemed abnormal to me until I got like older and people were asking me, Oh, you're Creole. Do you do voodoo? Or are you like some like black magic? And like, you sound so ignorant. And I couldn't even think of ways to say that when I was younger. I just was like, I don't want to talk about it like it's I didn't really know how to even explain it to them until I got like older and had like the correct verbiage and just it's a triggering question because people just have such a bad they like think such bad of it and Mm -hmm. it's like it's just you don't understand and it's hard to explain also I just don't like I need to educate people on something that I just don't care (laughs) like I don't care. Like you can think what you want, that's fine.
0: Did you experience a lot of uh, colorism growing up?
1: Um, not so much. Like people
0: not thinking you're black.
1: Uh, well, I always get you're black, and wh- I I got a lot of people that I was black and Asian a lot. Uh, they still do, um, and I'm not.
0: Does that get you mad?
1: No, it doesn't get me mad. It's I have to be real and realize I look pretty racially androgynous and. It's just, it's a lack of intel, not intelligence, it's a lack of, um, culture and understanding. And also just people are just not as cultured and not as understanding as, dif- as of other cultures as you'd hope that they are. Mm. Um, I used, to, yes, I actually did used to take it personally and I would get a little pissed off. Now I'm a little more chill about it. It's like, okay, you just probably have no fucking idea, like what you're talking about. And you're going off of like what's known instead of like what you know and you're not really researching anything on your own. But my name is a telltale giveaway to my background. So uh, if you knew me and my family, then you'd know, but if you just didn't know me, like I, I get all kinds of things. People think I'm Brazilian or Alaskan or mm-hmm. I've gotten everything Dominican, like. I don't know, like so many things, but maybe like <laughs> three people in my life have guessed my ethnicity correctly, like yeah. within my whole life, so okay. it's okay. I'm used to it,
0: so what are you so what do you do now
1: now um I do still do um community events. I actually hold smaller I did hold a really big event called Gold Mine Gallery before I had my child. Mm and that was running for every month for about, I did about six or seven of those. And then I just got like too pregnant. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. It's just a lot of energy, but I, there was musicians, visual artists, vendors, food, drinks, all kinds of stuff. So that was really fun and did that with my my child's father because we both have art background, him and music, me and the visuals and, that was really cool. So now I do, um I've done a few art shows at Cal where I had my paintings and my photography in it. I've done, I host healing circles for women. Mm. Um, I did an art show at, when Soul Space was open, I curated an art show with another art collective. I was, I started an art collective with my friend Taylor called Pussy Posse. We did that for a while um we had our own little events for that too um i do photography so i've shot a few rafael sadiq's concerts i've shot lauren hill before um i've shot like certain little like um activist events here in oakland um just a lot of like things in the community too just community events Mm -hmm. um But yeah, I'm have working on a short film right now where I'm modeling for, I'm not going to speak too much on it because it's not my project. So I'm just working in the project. So it's not my vision, but um, yeah. um, Right now for work work, I'm a maternity photographer at Kaiser and Mm -hmm. I shoot newborn babies all day. It's really cute. Um, So like two of my favorite things, motherhood and photos, they're just all in one and I love it. And it's just, very moving so I so you take pictures it.
0: of babies when they're after they're born or while yes, they're coming no, 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 out
1: after they're born so at least um at least a day after when the mom's about to go home we go to the rooms it's me and one other girl at highland hospital mm-hmm. um we used to work at kaiser then kaiser kind of shut down after covid so now i'm at highland and we do like Ten to twelve poses, and it's all in the hospital room on the hospital bed. Very sanitized, very safe. (laughs)
0: What What are these pictures for? It's for
1: the it's for the family. It's for the mom, the family, and just having like those snapshots. Like you're never really going to get that moment again when your baby's first. So the hospital
0: has a full time photographer to take pictures of. Yeah, you when you're in your bed, all hair, all fucked up, yeah, with the well, baby on it. I you.
1: mean, you get ready. We they have time to fix themselves up, but if you if you want it, it's it's there, uh-huh. and they can order prints, and they get they can get them like within an hour. The digitals, and then we'll send like a canvas one. We have like different products like keychains, calendars, things like that that will get mailed to you. And usually, people who have family like out of state or out of the country. They like to do that so they can kind of send it off to their their family for the birthing announcements. Or... Have you
0: have you ever seen an ugly baby? Um Took a picture and you're like damn his baby is ugly, so
1: uh I don't wanna call any baby ugly because they, they look so different, like after <laughs> even like a week. <laughs> I've seen some pretty interesting looking babies. Um I'm like
0: Have you ever seen any deformed? No, I haven't
1: seen any deformed babies yet. I probably will Uh, (laughs) in like some (laughs) time, but I haven't seen any deformed babies. I've seen this one. Oh my God, this little girl was so beautiful. Mm. She was a Ethiopian baby. She was so cute. And I took her pictures and I started tearing up and the mom saw them and she started crying and we had this little crying session. I was like, "Oh my god, this is so cute." She was like, "Oh my god," she's first-time mom, and like, it just took me back to like giving birth to my son and like seeing him for the first time, and like just all those emotions always bled back. But it's always so warm and fuzzy. It's really cute. I love it.
0: Would you ever be a surrogate?
1: No, no, I'm a little too selfish for that. Mm. I'm not gonna lie.
0: You want more kids?
1: Mm, I don't technically want more kids. If I had like one more and like a stable relationship, I'd be okay with that. But at this point, I think I'm like a, I'm pretty good with one. I'm like, this is this is pretty lit. I can still have my life and still take care of my child and we're both happy, healthy, and successful. If I had another one, I feel like it would just be giving a lot i'd be giving a lot more and i don't know if i'm comfortable with that yet but Mm. who knows i'm not i'm not opposed to it but i'm also like not planning for that
0: so there was a story in the news um about a lady who got pregnant from sperm donor right Mm -hmm. and she sued well she is currently suing the guy for like i think like nine million dollars or something like that some outrageous number because um, the guy lied on, I guess, on his, like, application or whatever. He lied about his, where he went to college and, uh, like, a whole bunch of, like, little things mm. that made her want to pick his sperm. Because he made False himself. pretense. Yeah, he made himself uh, sound elite.
1: Huh.
0: When he wasn't. And then she, not only is she suing him, she gave the baby up after it was born. Wow. How do you feel about that?
1: Ooh. I don't like that.
0: Do you think she has?
1: I think she has. She's justified in being upset for being lied to, but I don't feel like she should have given her child up because why are you really having a child if you really are trying to make like a curated version of a person? I mean, yeah, you got lied to, but your child's here now. You got to roll the punches. I would never give my child away. I don't, I don't care like what the circumstances is. Like, I just, I don't have the heart for that. That's kind of fucked up, in my opinion. I don't, (laughs) I don't respect that. Mm. I don't like that. Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. crazy when I
0: read. I was like, damn, that's serious. serious."
1: Poor kid. And then the issues that abandonment issues that kids probably going to go through because it's going to have to know Mm. that it was put up for adoption and it's going to inquire about why and how it even came to earth. Like that's mm-hmm. so messed up. I don't like that, no. I would never, yeah, no.
0: So you say you do healing uh, groups for women, mm-hmm. right? What goes on in this? Like how did, how did that start?
1: So we start with like, you know, staging the space. You know um, what I'm saying
0: why did, this, why did why? it start? Were you like going through some shit?
1: Yes. Um, you know, after splitting from my child's father and moving into single motherhood and being sometimes resentful of the fact that I'm like, I now I feel like I'm a stereotype and like a single black mother in America. Like it felt, I had a lot of feelings about it and I didn't ever want that for myself. So I didn't want to handle my problems negatively by going out partying or like doing self. Like deprivating things. I wanted Mm -hmm. to have empowering things around me. And going back to having all sisters, sisterhood's always been very important to me. So not only did I have family support, but I also needed support in my community because you can talk to your family about so many things, but you know, you still need like your own like tribe. So I went to a healing circle when I was a newly like single woman, I had a friend invite me to one and I got so much from it. And I felt so much like heard and not alone in my experience as being a new single mother. So I started holding space for people and it just kind of took off. So um I would do clothes swaps that I would do like, um also like prayers and like we'd have like time to like Drink tea and like talk and like just let go in a safe space. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's really important to have space to, to talk about what you're going through with like minded people or people who are going through the same thing and finding strength in that and finding support and camaraderie and community and not feeling so alone. It helped me a lot. So I really wanted to give back to other people and hold space for them when I felt ready to be able to hold space for them.
0: Do you think doing stuff like that, um, I'm not saying what you did is bad, but do you think doing stuff like that where it's just women and wanting to talk to women who are also single mothers, do you think in the long run that you would grow to or you can grow to despise men?
1: No. No, we weren't really talking about men. We were talking about ourselves Mm. and not so much the negatives as much as like what we wanted to do, what we were inspiring, like aspiring to do, what we wanted to heal from and how we wanted to still make ourselves susceptible and be able to receive love and be a healthy, fertile ground for love and for like more community and more art and more things like that. We weren't sitting there bashing men. We rarely even talked about men. We would talk about how we felt about our specific situations, Mm -hmm. but I also don't think it's right to group all men together. I have like a very good relationship with my father. I would hate if anyone like just wanted to like bash men because I'm like, there are good men out there. Like that's not, people aren't all bad. There may have been an experience where you had an experience or I've had an experience with a shitty person, but that's not everybody. And we can't, we can't like compartmentalize men in just one box or just anybody. Mm. Um, so I was never about bashing people. I was never about negativity. I'm about honesty and truth. If you're dealing with something, we'll talk about that. And it's all relative. I don't think it's right to put all people in one box. It's that's just not what life's it's just there's it's not black and white, you know, there's there's prismatic it life is just all different colors. I don't think it's right to say like men are bad, women are good, or vice versa. Like everybody is who they are and we have to like assess that in real time relatively when it's I don't know, like I just I don't I don't think it's right to just judge people like as a whole.
0: Mm. Well, that's good.
1: Yeah, and then I'm raising a young black man. I don't think that I want him to think, I don't want him to ever feel like he needs to be a certain way or does need to be a certain way. I want him to honor himself Mm. and be honest with who he is, still respecting people, but respecting himself as well and knowing his power and still being you know, the best person he can be without just respecting anybody else to be that
0: tell me somebody that you think that you admire that you admire everything about this person
1: okay I know they, it's sounds super cliche but I'm gonna say Beyonce because
0: oh my god yeah that is cliche it is it is but
1: here's I'm so the thing. tired of girls and with fucking I'm Beyonce I'm tell you why because I had identity you know
0: she's just an image child. right
1: Here's the thing. Let me let me tell you why specifically I do really. She helped me in life. So, her uh, that I have others, but her first of all because nobody understood what being like from in America, like not America in California, being like from a different culture. It's it's a melting pot here. But I was I was like bringing red beans and rice and like greens to like culture day. They're like, what are you? I'm like, I'm Creole. They're like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, until she came out, like talking about what that was, that helped my identity issues would help me. Be
0: Beyonce more, is Creole?
1: She is. Yeah. Mm. So it helped me to be more proud of my culture. I was like, oh, I should hide it or like just be like, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm just, I'm just black. They're like, but what else? And like having to explain. Okay. Well, I am like a branch of this. It's this, this and this, whatever, whatever. But. I didn't have to explain it as much anymore. I felt like I, somebody else was like, I don't know, like, bigger than, like, not bigger than me, but like, they could, okay, that, that's the same culture I'm from. I didn't have to explain it as much. And it felt like it was easier to tell people more about my background because I wasn't... I'm like, okay, you know who she is and like her background, then it's easier for you to understand who I am in my background. Mm. That's the reason. I'm not going to say Beyonce because all the other things with that specific thing helped me to be more empowered with my culture and my Mm. background. So that was a big thing. Like identity (laughs) things are big when you're, you want to assimilate when you're younger and not be like the, you know, sticking out.
0: So w- when I pose that question, the um, what kind, what I, if someone posed that question to me, I would say, most likely, I would probably say like Malcolm X, because, and I'll give a run, I would give a rundown of like I, the way he, like spe- specific details, like the way he walked, the way he carried himself, the way he mm-hmm. talked, the way he um, was able to capture people's minds with words. I have the, other ones. The but- way he um. He led grown men the way he was respected in the community, the things he did for his people like uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: like all that shit make me admire this man from top to bottom, so when I posed you to use that question you're and you're you're the person saying, you say is beyonce i
1: had, I had identity issues, and that was a big part of a big block for me mm. growing up and that did help me to like shatter that.
0: I mean, what I, that me is a myself. good that's a good. I mean, I can't tell you how to answer.
1: Also, but I, like I mean, James I, That's, I was, it's, that's one of my Today. heroes. You know, like I said, it, it it would sound cliche, but for my reasons, that is what I had identity issues yeah. as fuck. Like when you're being like,
0: because do we do we do we really know Beyonce? Do we really know anything about Beyonce? She is we really literally. Know anything she about anybody. She's honestly. really. They're all I mean, like you people know.
1: We don't really. Who? Yeah. When is the
0: last time you seen Beyonce like, like spaz out or like she's an image? She's like this perfect. She
1: keeps her shit private. I respect that. Yeah, but that's though. that's I'm a so a fake. Person too. That's so like fake to me. She's what an you image. I mean, fake or private.
0: I want to say she's, private. She's like the most famous person in the world. She can't be private.
1: She could. We 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 all like tell people what we what we're comfortable with them knowing. Mm-hmm. It's curated, you know. Mm-hmm. I do think that you know being private's not bad. I think it's protecting who you are, like your most like authentic self. Like she, yeah, she's an image. She's this. She's that. But she's a little person. Yeah but i do you know i have other ones i feel like that was when you said that like that's what came up to me at the moment so i have a lot of people that i that i like so i don't know there's <laughs> there's so many answers I mean I could say my parents. I could say James.
0: Uh, You can go with Beyonce. That's what you P.
1: Newton. I could say Your
0: initial your initial thought is what you actually think.
1: That was a big hurdle that I needed like I didn't even know I needed help to to get through. Mm. So Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh tell the people where they can find you. Like if you wanna give out your socials emails or whatever thing. And then also tell, I think we covered this already, but just tell people like what's going on with you currently with your art and all that other shit. What are you working on?
1: Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. It's um, Sydney, like Australia, with two E's at the end. So S Y D N E Y E E. And it's like ye, like, cause you know, Oakland, you know. But, um, right now like I said I'm working on a film um, I am working on curating a new event that I hope to be hosting at the Oakland Art Lab which is where the old, the old Beast Mode store was on Broadway um, and just you know I'm having some personal things I'm dealing with that I'm making sure that that's a, in a priority in my life as well but yeah, those just making sure I'm staying in the arts and in the community and just you know, being of service to my community and my tribe. Um but those are just a couple of things I'm I'm doing right now, but I'm always down to collab, I'm always down to do more things and to connect with new people and to see what we can what we can create together. I'm totally down for all of that, like hit me up for any creative things and I yeah I'd love to talk to anybody who would like to have any information if they have information for me I'm always a student to life so I'm a teacher as well so I'm both and I keep those you know those things both very like up high in my life like I don't know everything I do know a lot of things and I'm willing to share and I'm still like willing to learn so yeah anything if you guys want to we can organize paint days. Um, <laughs> any spoken word things, I'm down for it all. Honestly, if it has art in it, count me in.
0: All right. Well, well, Sydney, I would like to uh, thank you for coming on Everyday Celebrity Podcast. Thank you it for was, having me. It's a great chat. Good getting to know you and everyone. Follow her on Instagram. Reach out to her. All you creators out there. Um, yeah. she is a adult woman very powerful very intelligent very thank beautiful you. thank you but most importantly intelligent i think that intelligence outweighs the beauty and,
1: i think that's super important
0: and the beauty is up there so
1: especially in this in this society
0: any last words
1: uh, i just want to thank you for having me and um I appreciate being able to share uh, and you know this is also this is really cool i I appreciate that you're doing this for the community and artists and I want to thank you for holding space for artists and any topics that people want to talk about with me if it has to do with art please hit me up and hit up uh listen to everyday celebrity podcast for cool people yes yes the we more are- you know. <laughs>
0: And we are out you. Bye.